And if you don't adapt, then you'll be left behind. You do have to remain creative at all times. Like, if you're going to be an artist, if you're going to be a creator, you must be creative. Like, you can't get stuck in a pattern and say, I only do one thing. There is no doubt that you can live your passion and be economically stable. In this day and age, we all have the power to shape our own life. The only thing in question is how you get there. Nobody Comes Here to Hide shares the stories of thriving Black creatives living their passion. By listening to their journeys, you can envision your own. Their stories showcase the many ways to achieve one's dreams because your journey to success is rarely what you'd imagine. Okay, today I have with me um, Jason Sellers, aka Echelon the Seeker. He's a musician, he's a father, he's a friend, uh, lover of collages as of late, it seems. Absolutely, yeah. How Definitely. <laughs> I have lots of friends who do collages, so mm-hmm. naturally. Naturally. I'm stuck in the vortex. Well, since we're on your collages, you seem to be having a lot of fun with them on Instagram right now. And I wonder, mm-hmm. how are they in communication with your your music? It's a great question. I don't, I don't really know as of yet. I, um, you know, my, one of my, my best friends, Dre, does collages. He's like a master collager. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my little brother, Andrew, is a... Uh, I don't know, cinematographer and an editor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're always doing stuff themselves. They can put out their own content. That's always um, been appealing to me. Like when you can control your own content, you don't have to outsource. So I was like, well, I'm going to download Photoshop and just see what I can come up with. Mm-hmm. And so I just started trying to put stuff together. It's been interesting going on YouTube and trying to find tutorials. So I guess that's what it is. I just trying to control you know, my own content, my own branding, stuff like that. Just exploring. So Yeah, of course. It's all exploring. I've never really thought about that until now, actually. So <laughs> excellent. What a good host should do, I suppose. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so can we start with your your relationship to music? Like when did it start? How did it become what you wanted to dedicate your life to? Oh wow. Um, let's see. So I started playing piano i started messing around at piano around like six six or seven just you know little kid stuff making little songs and trying to find patterns and just exploring and then um eventually my parents decided to get me lessons to organize the chaos that i was making every day and that was great um i i've had lessons all the way up through all the way up through college really Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I started getting serious around high school. Um, interestingly enough, um, when I was in high school and middle school, I was really it was really two two lanes. It was like neurology and it was music and mm-hmm. composition. And um, my mother is a vascular tech, and I had the opportunity to go to the hospital with her one time and just kind of like shadow her she doesn't do anything with the brain but just being in a hospital you know just give me the opportunity to walk the floor and see the patients and it was too much for me Mm. it was she worked in uh, at Johns Hopkins and um, maybe she was trying to push me towards music I don't know I have to Mm -hmm. ask her but she took me to the um, 
it was like some sort of trauma unit or ER unit. And I guess she was maybe just trying to throw me in the deep end to see like if it was, it was too much. And the smells and the screaming and like, I was like, nah. And, you know, really up until that point, like I was really into neurology. You know, I, you know, every black kid who wants to be a neurologist loves Ben Carson. Yep. Ray Gifted Hands, Mm -hmm. went to book signings, you know, all that stuff, you know, got to meet him a couple of times, was just had a model brain, was memorizing stuff in the brain and after that hospital trip, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just jump into music. And I guess mm-hmm. around ninth or 10th grade is when I really started trying to get serious, trying to write, you know, think of things, just trying to expand my knowledge, you know, musically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess around there, that's when I started taking it serious. Is that what you, is music or something around music, what you majored in in college? Oh yeah, absolutely. I only had one major. Mm-hmm. I refused to have a, um, a backup plan, which is... <laughs> I don't know, maybe not. (laughs) Depending on, you know, how you look at it, my mother wanted me to do music and journalism Mm -hmm. because that was something else I did. I I used to write. I wrote for the school newspaper, all that stuff. But I just, I'm kind of um, that one person who's just like, I'm going to do one thing and I'm going to diversify myself. I'm going to become so well-versed in that one thing that, you know, I can morph and change and use the skill set that I have to just continue. Like, I don't, I don't want to have a backup plan. Like, I'm doing music, and there's enough areas within music so that I can continue to grow and, you know, survive. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's what I did. That's it. Cool, yeah. No frills, no thrills. <laughs> you highlighted that you wanted to diversify in this one thing, and mm-hmm. that diversity inside of this subject was sort of a form of a backup plan. I think that's really interesting. How has that manifested or worked out for you now? Well, I play piano. I teach piano. You know, I write for other artists. I just, anything music, you know, I conduct, I score if I I have to. So it's like, like I've just kind of like had to learn how to do everything. And it's it's interesting because I I always have this feeling like man like I'm not a beast at this mm-hmm. but like I've I've had to learn how to sing a little bit more I've had to learn how to be a toolkit mm-hmm. you know so to speak to to kind of survive and I think um I I don't know I feel like a lot of musicians I know are like this you know mm-hmm. a lot of musicians I know like they play in church and that they're playing in bars and they've got students. And, oh, my gosh, I, I recently, you know, before this whole COVID thing, mm-hmm. I was getting into the theater world. I found myself, you know, playing, being a being a pianist, you know, for productions and stuff like that. So I was finding my way into the theater world, which was oh, really cool. interesting. Who knows? I might have been working at a, a little kid ballet school. And actually, I actually ended up doing that. I was playing for, like, this little – it's like a little school for kids, and they come. And, yeah, so I don't know, mm-hmm. you know. It's like I, I, I've had to do – there's enough areas in music. Yeah. And that's what I really wanted to do. I just wanted to make my living through music and it's possible. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm trying to showcase with this. Yeah. Podcast, actually, I, It's I so interesting because I don't know if enough people realize or label artists as entrepreneurs, even though mm-hmm. it just absolutely is necessary if you're going to survive you have to have some form of business acumen you kind of have to be like a renaissance person yeah definitely artist 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think even, you know, um, mainstream artists that we all know and love, they're trying to find ways to survive still, mm-hmm. you know, just with, you know, the different changes and the waves that come, you know, I mean, heck, in the 90s, it was, you know, it was it was tapes transitioning to CDs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so you had to kind of, if you had the luck to be on the cusp of that, like you were ahead of the curve, you know, and then, you know, you see a lot of artists now, they're, they're getting into podcasting, you know, or mm-hmm. you see a lot of artists now, you know, like they're bundling their, their, their music, trying to get more sales. Like you have to have that kind of forward thinking mind to, to try to stay ahead of the curve because it's always changing. And if you don't adapt, then you'll be left behind. And I don't mean, in the sense of, okay, you have to sound like other people sound, mm-hmm. but you do have to remain creative at all times. Like, if you're going to be an artist, if you're going to be a creator, you must be creative. Like, you can't get stuck in a pattern and say, I only do one thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, everything's moving and evolving and changing, and you will too. So that's just what we're all doing right now. So Yeah, absolutely related to change or more so how has being a father affected the way that you think about your career (laughs) oh man it's oh man I've had so many thoughts on one hand I'm like oh my god if I don't you know start making like eighty thousand dollars a year doing this then like it's not gonna work like that's Mm -hmm. like the scary side of things the other part of it is just like you know what just relax just keep going like you'll be okay Mm -hmm. you've been doing this already you weren't making eighty thousand dollars before you know you were happy when you brought 50k in. you were happy when you brought 30k in a year like doing Mm -hmm. music like don't trip you know what i mean like it's okay now we we had our second kid like i just feel that pressure that that weight but at the same time like it's kind of like made me double down like no, I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to give up. And actually, you know, teaching Jaya, cause she's a little bit older, teaching Jaya, you know, some of the bases of the music and watching her, like look at a conductor and start waving her hands. It like just makes me excited. Like I want to be a source of um, inspiration. I want to be a well that she can just like, dad, like help me out with this. Like, okay, dad, I want to explore you know, this music, let's listen to this, you know, and I'm always like trying to play different stuff for her, just trying to expand her ear. And I can tell she really enjoys it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, being that source of inspiration, being that, you know, driving force behind, I'm not pushing her too hard, but, you know, it kind of pushes me to want to just keep going and do it more for her, for both of my kids, really, Mm -hmm. you know, and the fact that I married a musician, it's almost like, well, I, you know, we have to do this now, you know, so it's like, you know, there's a lot of singing going on in the house. It just keeps things alive. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel very lucky, um, especially in marrying Danae, because she pushes me. She's like, oh, you got to get more students. We need more students. Yeah. Okay, all right, let's 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 figure it out. All right, um, what else are we going to do? Like, the, the wheels are always turning. So mm-hmm. um, I think we're doing it for them, and we're realizing, like, okay, this is who we are. You know, so we just doubling down on that. Yeah. And I think having kids is consolidated all those feelings. It's consolidated all those thoughts. I remember when Danae was pregnant with Jaya and you were saying, when this baby comes out, 
I'm going to have them playing 18 hours a day, like full of fun. It still that? might happen. It still might happen. Yeah. The, oh, man. You should, I wish you could be over here because, like, we have, like, the day for Jaya, like, broken up into, like, sections. And mm-hmm. so, like, there's a portion of the day where it's just, like, music time. And yeah. I try not to be intense. I really do. I try not, I'm trying my best not to be intense. But when I see her like getting it, it makes me want to like, okay, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna double down, you know. Yeah. It's only it's only a, a fifteen to thirty minute like music session time, mm-hmm. but she enjoys it so much. I'm just like, oh man. So we might get up to that eighteen hour mark, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> if she if she if she likes it, you know. what I mean, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I don't know. At a, at a certain point, once if she's like five or six, and I'm seeing like she's really into it mm-hmm. i'm going to regiment her probably I, it's, i'm not gonna be like a stage door dad but i'm just gonna be like yeah. okay this is something that you want to do this you've expressed this so we're gonna go all the way you know we're mm-hmm. gonna go all the way with it until she really expresses like man this isn't fun for me anymore i don't like this like i i want out and if she expresses that then okay i'll you know of course i'll back off but mm-hmm. she's been giving me all the indications that like oh, i'm gonna be a music baby so i'm just like all right yeah We'll ease you into it. But once you're there, we're already there. We're all the way. Yeah, we're going all the way. So, yeah, yeah, that might happen. Seriously. (laughs) 18 hours. (laughs) So fun. I was talking to my friend, and we were talking about how it's either a really good idea or a really bad idea for us, like the two of us specifically, to have kids. um, Because (laughs) we would just make our kids do all of the things that we wanted to do. They'd be the coolest kids, <laughs> um, but no, also, would we hear what they wanted? I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. That's a thing, man. Seriously, you know that's another thing though. That's kind of like pushing me because I don't want to try to live my life through my kids. Like mm-hmm. that's a thing. We've seen that happen with other with other people, and um, sometimes it turns out well, but the kid are the kids are miserable and resentment towards the parents like i do not want a 20 year old jaya saying like yo you forced me to be at the piano for six hours a day and i hate you dad like Mm -hmm. i don't want that that's like i wanted to say yo thank you for pushing me you know i I want jaya to look at me like how serena and venus look at her her their parents you know Mm -hmm. and their dad you know or like how tiger Woods looks at his dad you know something like that like that's the goal you know i don't want (laughs) You know, I don't want that resentment thing, but it's also forcing me to live my own dreams, you know, mm, and yeah. reach my own goals while I'm still here. You know, I'm I'm not dead, and why not? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it so I can show you, like, hey, look, Daddy did these things. Mm-hmm. Now you're gonna surpass everything that I've ever done. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the goal. That brings me to a question of community and how your community both through your upbringing and then through the friends that you've cultivated how that has added to your love of music man i've been so blessed in like to just be around so many people so many artists mm-hmm. that have i don't know just achieved such great success you know i've got friends who are on tour with toby mac i've got friends who are tour with top-selling rappers and 
artists of every genre, blues artists, gospel artists, jazz, everything that pushes you, you know what I mean? And those people willing to help you with your own stuff, you know, that exchange is, is invaluable, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, you have to use your circle, you know, you have to use your circle. Any, I, I really very, very rarely outsource for anything. Mm. You know, when I need based on a track, I call, I call a friend of mine, you know, when I need album artwork, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my phone before I look on Fiverr or right. unless I'm, unless I'm looking for something new, I'm looking to push out a little bit more, but I don't have to. And I don't, I don't think most people have to, honestly, there's, you know, most artists know other artists. That's just how it goes. Never you feel this like that. You know, doctors know doctors and lawyers know lawyers. Artists know artists. I've just gotten lucky, you know, to meet dancers. And I don't know, it's just using your circle is great because, you know, you can see what other people are doing. And that it just all pushes you. It, it all adds fuel to your tank, you know, mm -hmm. to, to just be in a community like that. Um, and I think that's just how people are built, really. You know, we vibe off each other we're we're feeding off each other you know i think that's why this covid thing has been so hard you know because mm -hmm. we are we're separate you know in a way you know when you're at a show with somebody and you're like feeling that energy in the room it's feeding you it's feeding your own artistry of course looking at a youtube video or seeing it virtually like that works but mm -hmm. when you're in the room and you're hearing the vibrations hit your body and go over and you're looking around and everybody's like on the same page. It's that's gospel. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's truth, you know? So that's, I think that's why this has been so hard because it's like, you're kind of isolated and you have to kind of have you know, to, to do it more on your own now, you know, mm -hmm. instead of having that really physical interconnectedness. But yeah, I, I love my circle. I'm, I'm very fortunate. So, and everybody has one. Definitely. There's a practice. Some people call it grounding, um, hmm. but I'm going to mess up who's got the negative charge and who's got the positive charge. But I know that our bodies are electrical conductors as well Absolutely. as the earth itself. And so mm -hmm. grounding is a principle of reconnecting your body to the earth. Mm. And that can just be standing barefoot outside um, on grass, not concrete. Um, or sitting and it it literally de-stresses us because let's say the earth is the one that has more of the negative charge and we have more of the positive charge and so it's this like flowing through and it's like actually does work to de-stress us and yes all of the rubber soles on our shoes keeps us from getting that flow up wow and down. wow yeah and i've been thinking a lot <clears throat> about covid and social distancing as a rubber soul in our relationships, you know? Well said, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's, it is, there is something so vital about feeling another person's vibrations. Mm -hmm. Or not even knowing that you're feeling it, but it's always there. Yeah. And it, it can't, it doesn't work over Zoom. It just doesn't. It's nice to see your face. Yeah. It's nice to hear your voice and, and to see you, but man, to be in the same physical room, mm -hmm. man, I love that COVID is, it's like a rubber soul. It's unnatural. Yeah. Well. It is absolutely unnatural. 
well natural. the virus is yeah. natural yes yeah. but the social distancing yes yeah the social distancing <laughs> and it's like extremely hard and i know this is probably tangential but we're, we're off on a sidebar here yeah. but i um it's been hard for me to write during this time mm. i've had the most difficulty sitting at the piano and writing during these couple months mm-hmm. and i it's like i i haven't been to a show i haven't like that's how I fuel myself. I I go to a jazz concert or I go to, you know, R and B show or, you know, I'm going to my friends something like we're going to a party or something like that. Like that's how I fuel myself. It's like I recharge. Like oh man, I just saw so and so. Like I want to go back home and flip this idea. Something I heard. You know. Yeah. I haven't been able to do that, and I I'm realizing like dang, like I haven't written anything and. It's literally like the last week, like I finally like eked out something that like I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. But it's been difficult. Like I've really had to push myself during this time. Yeah. And it's made me realize like, dang, like I really lean hard on my circle. I lean hard on the inspiration I get from other people. Mm-hmm. That means a lot to me. Man, you hit it right on the head. And I, I realized that like um, I, I walk around barefoot a lot, like mm-hmm. outside and stuff. And then, my wife is like, Jason, you're going to get sick. I'm just <laughs> like, well, you know, this is, I'm comfortable like this. Yeah. I do think that maybe some people are uncomfortable with that, but it create that's balance, man. Like you you got to be connected with the earth, you know, and being connected with each other, you know, it, it's yeah. important. It's necessary, you know. So, yeah. In the process of generating music, do you prefer to do it solo or in collaboration or is it kind of a mix of both like the process has place for both it's a mix of both i've done it um a multiplicity of ways Mm -hmm. um you know i've had writing sessions with four or five people we're all in the room and just working it out together Mm -hmm. um i think i am most comfortable probably writing by myself and then sending it off to somebody else and just saying, hey, you know, do what you want to do with it, you know. Or mm-hmm. somebody saying, hey, Jason, you know, I did this. I want you to recut keys or figure out some sort of transition here. And I say, okay, cool. And I just focus in on that. And, you know, writing comes to me all sorts of ways. Sometimes I'll have the melody first. It comes. And sometimes it'll be a lyric that I hear off a movie and it'll spark an idea or, you know, a conversation that we're having, you know, and you'll say something like, Oh, COVID is like a rubber sole. And I'm like, my mind's like, oh, yeah, like, I like that, that imagery. I like the way that sounds. There's something about that. And I'll go write something. Or I'll just sit at the piano and just start doodling. Who knows, you know? Yeah. We, we are the medium, you know? The medium is us. It's not the method. It's, it's us. Mm-hmm. We are the creators, you know, when it, it it's, it's it's coming out of us so it, it doesn't matter like as soon as we put our hand on something we can manifest whatever it is we're thinking about so it, it through talking that it's, it's all mm-hmm. it all can it all can work so i don't i try not to get too caught up on like my method is this i yeah. i must you know i have to do it this way and if i don't do it this way then it's not going to work like it's it's in me it's not on me you know what i mean so mm-hmm. And I think that's the best way to create, to just be able to walk in. It's like, okay, what are we writing about today? Oh, well, I want to talk about this. All right, all right, let's do it. You know, and just 
Let it happen. Just let it happen. I think a lot of times, and I've had lots of writing sessions with people who are just like, okay, come on, let's listen to a, a bunch of top 40 music um, before we have this writing session so we can know what's hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, let's listen to, you know, these, let's listen to these lyrics, you know. So, and it's just like, you know, that works, but it's almost like you're inceptioning yourself. Right. And you can't just be honest, you know, about, about whatever it is. I, I try not to have, of course, people have influences, you know, it's, it's, it's impossible to be on an island and you shouldn't be. Influences are good. Heroes are good. But, um, writing from an honest place is what's most important to me mm-hmm. that I'm being honest about how I'm feeling in that moment about I'm being honest about, you know, what I want to talk about. And so I guess that's what's most important to me about like my writing process, just honesty. Like we're already creators. Mm-hmm. That's already going to happen. So I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Do you feel like there's anyone that, or any number of people that you've, modeled your career after i wish i could say if if i have modeled my career after anybody i've been extremely unsuccessful but mm. <laughs> i love stevie wonder pj morton chick korea and quincy jones leonard bernstein like those are like my heroes um anita baker just so many it's so many jason mm-hmm. sullivan they're like my heroes like and just like how they've remained themselves throughout their entire career, as well as found ways to innovate, reinnovate themselves, uh, reimagine themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why anybody that I consider somebody that I've wanted to model myself after, they've they've done one of two things: they've remained honest about their sound, mm-hmm. and they've also found a way to reimagine that sound for different generations, man, you know, and it's, it's, it's really been great to see. And so that's what I've tried to do with my music. Um, that's what I, I want to do, you know, as, you know, as I continue to get, to get older and change and learn new things. So that, yeah, that's, that's my goal. I don't know if I've done that, but that's what I'm trying to do for sure. Yeah. What does low look like for you? In what sense? What do you mean? Mm, I guess some of the ways that you could answer it is either through the creation process or through mm-hmm. performing slash playing. Playing both as a performance, but I mean playing like doodling around as well. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know I'm flowing when like I hit. It's something that interesting. It actually happens. It happens in every phase of creation of a song or or even in a performance even. But there's a certain part and that comes where it's just like, like I'll play, uh, I'll be doodling around, I'll be doodling, doodling, and there'll, it will emerge like a pattern of some sort. And I'll go over it like for like 30 to 45 minutes just to make sure it feels good in the deepest place of me. Mm. And once I do that, I know, okay, yeah, we're in a mode We're we're, we're in a vibe, we're in a flow. And it was the same thing will happen with a lyric. 
I'll be trying, I'll be writing different lyrics, like, no, that's whack, like, no, that's not working. Mm-hmm. And then a phrase will come, I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll say it again. Da, 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 da. Okay, cool, yeah, that works. Same thing with the with the melody. It'll, it'll, I'm, I'm singing a lot of different things, especially like, um, like when I'm in the studio, I like to play it back. Like it, I'll, I'll say one phrase like 50 times. Yeah. I'll say one phrase for like 30 minutes and I'll just do it differently each, each time until I find something that feels really good. I'm like, okay, now let's perfect that. And I'm just, so I'm like really meticulous. So mm. my process takes a long time. It's probably why I haven't drops like nine albums because i like i'm so it's got to be like feel really really good to me and i i'm so jealous of people who who write fast dre writes fast There's, i know so many people that just write fast you know i'm just not i'm not really like that i i it has to feel really good so every every stage of of the the process kind of has to go through that straining sort of sort of thing yeah. um yeah, I like I like to do it like that. Hmm. Yeah, that's why I, I enjoy that. And same thing with performing. Like for a performance, like we'll practice crazy. You know, I I liked you know four four hour practice session. Like the same thirty minute set. Like we're gonna practice it over and over and over again. And that's how it becomes comfortable. That's how it becomes second nature. You know, so you get on stage and you're not nervous. You know what's gonna happen and you know you know what's gonna feel good to you while you're on stage and you're already there you're already locked in because you've uh-huh. put the work in before and it's it's there you know mm-hmm. i know you know about that already like you flip and jump and stuff so and you know in a routine i know you've gone over it a thousand times already yeah and by the time you hit the floor you already know when you do that somersault back flip twist a thousand times like <laughs> it's it feels good your body knows what's gonna happen Hmm. But does that leave any room for spontaneity, Jason? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It does. Because, you know, the audience is the variable. Okay. The thing is, even though you know what's going to happen, you don't know how they're going to receive it. And you don't know how you're going to react to them feeling good about it. You know, somebody, you know, hooting, you know, like, you know. Uh-huh. When you sing something, that might elicit a certain response from the performer. You know, I know when people talk back to me when I'm at a show, like it makes me do different things. I start to veer off a little bit. I know where I'm going. I have my path, but I I can reserve the right to change. You know. Yeah. You know how I express it, but yeah, we know where we're going though. So yeah, definitely lots of spontaneity. That's a big element in a um, in a in any show that I'm playing. You know. Whether I'm singing or whether I'm just playing or, heck, whether I'm just a spectator, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, always communicating with the artists, you know, especially when I go to shows, I'm always talking to them. Yeah, that's cool. Spice of life. Spice of life, indeed. Yeah. Cacao. Now we're going to do the seedling round where small questions lead to tasty answers. Mm, Okay. It's only called that because I like the sound effect cacao, but every time I said it, people would think I was talking about cocoa. (laughs) Yeah. So rather than change, I adapt it. (laughs) I guess it's all the same. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) Anyways, 
what is your favorite aspect of a song in general? Meaning, oh, the hook. Okay. Yeah, I love the hook. Hmm. Interesting. And for, I mean, of course, I know exactly what that is, but for anyone who doesn't know. Oh, yeah, the chorus. Yes, (laughs) the chorus that, uh, you know, that is the part that sticks out the most, you know, I feel like in any song. Hmm. So. What are the perfect conditions for a performance? A packed house, a good drink. (laughs) <laughs> a well-rehearsed band and a calm state of mind a a focused and ready a ready mind what is a favorite song that you yourself have put out and then what is the what is your favorite project that you've been a part of but it's not necessarily oh wow let me see here um 16 there's a song i put out recently it's called 16 it's on my band camp I like that song. It makes me makes me want to move, makes me want to dance. And let's see here, a project that I've been a part of. Got to sing background on a Gold Link record, on a couple Gold Link records. Our friend April and Vista, there are, which is another project that I got to be a part of, and that was amazing as well. There's been a lot of artists, but um, that one was really cool because he's like a mainstream artist and just being invited in to do that um, because of April was really, really cool, you know, to to have a, a really mini credit, you know. So, yeah, that was that was really nice. Awesome. That That's it for me. Yeah. Um, do you want to plug yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, just follow me on Echelon Seeks, on Twitter, on Instagram, mostly Instagram. Mm-hmm. And um, you can get any of my latest music on Bandcamp, just look up Echelon the Seeker. E C H E L O N the Seeker. Yeah. Yeah, we got some stuff we're working on right now. Uh, even during this time. And uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Man, it is my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yay. Hello. Welcome to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you. I hope that you got something out of this. And if you learned something, if you laughed, if you even just like my energy, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this with your friends. That will really help for this podcast and this community to grow. That helps me get more guests. And it means I can give you more of this delicious content. Much love, Athena Sayaka.